Another Way to Play, episode 112. And then I bought my practical education from medicine as a paramedic, and I know that when we create new pathways in our brain, beliefs or actions, muscle memory as a golfer, right? What that does is it creates new pathways, synapses in the brain. The human brain is an is a unbelievable you know, organ that we have yet to tap into. Hi, this is Dave Seymour, CEO of Freedom Venture Investments. You might recognize my voice from flipping Boston on the A&E Network. Got a little insight for you, a little secret. If you want to learn how to make the next chapter of your life better than the last, it's real simple, guys. You should be listening to my very dear friend on his podcast, Another Way to Play. His name is Hans Struzina. Check it out. Welcome to Another Way to Play. I'm your host, Hans Strazina, Olympic athlete turned top producing Bay Area realtor. I believe that your success or failure is determined by your ability to compete and win when it comes to your mindset. Twice a week, I talk with other high performers to share the lessons and inspiration that allowed them to blow the roof off their success. So get ready to have some fun, be inspired, and most importantly, learn the skills you need to win in your own life. This is Another Way to Play. I'm your host, Hans Strazina, and I believe that your success or failure in life is determined by your ability to succeed and win when it comes to your mindset. Today's guest is Dave Seymour. He is a 16-year veteran of the firefighting and paramedic corps in uh, the greater Boston area and left that career after becoming one of the nation's top real estate investors. Within just a few years, he had transacted millions of dollars in real estate and had become one of the leading experts in the United States for residential and commercial transactions. He's also been on an A&E television show, Flipping Boston, um, and has been covered by tons of different news articles, you know, Fox News, CNBC, ABC, etc. You name it, he's been there. In this one, guys, we have a really great conversation because obviously he had the 16 years in the firefighting world. And that was very different. He talks about how he got to a point in his career where he was working over 120 hours a week just to sustain a lifestyle that he was basically keeping up with the Joneses. And he had this moment where he realized if he kept doing what he did, he was going to keep getting what he's been getting. And that was the moment for him that changed everything and sent him in the course of real estate and uh, getting an education and has taken him in this unbelievable new direction. He's also doing some really cool stuff with multifamily investment right now and raising hundreds of millions of dollars and talks about how he has conversations with very high net worth individuals and how you can probably apply that to your life, even though you're not maybe talking to a millionaire or billionaire. If you get value out of this, guys, which I know you will, please head over to iTunes, leave a rating and review because it really helps me grow the show, gives me feedback on the new direction and uh, just helps it get out to a few more people who need to hear it. So thanks in advance for that. And without any further ado, let's bring him in. I'm really excited. Here is my interview with Dave Seymour. Dave, thank you so much for taking some time with us today. Really excited to have you on the show. Thanks, Hans. I appreciate you uh, you finding time for me to come on the show, man. I'm, I'm excited to bang around some ideas with you. And I love the fact that we were talking uh, before we started recording here that you're, you're focusing on the, the fundamentals, which is the mindset, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. How do you get from A to B? Because a lot of people are always looking for that 
that journey, that process. So yeah, I'm excited to talk with you, man, for a while here. Cool. Well, I appreciate that. And, uh, you know, it's interesting that you led with that because you're right. I, as listeners of the show know, we've pivoted the messaging just a bit towards mindset because everybody, you know, who's been on this show has really had a killer mindset and really, or had pivotal moments that were critical to them. So I obviously want to bring you on and talk about yours. But before we do, just give everybody a quick overview of what you got going now, what your big things are, because you've had, you've had some pretty cool titles and some pretty cool things going on. So, so give us all the, the teaser. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's 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 awesome. Thanks, brother. Thanks for thanks for leading in that way. Yeah, look, um, you know, I, I um, I'm currently the CEO of a company called Freedom Venture Investments. We're our uh, commercial real estate investment firm, and what we're we're focused on as we speak is a private equity fund. You know, you used the word pivot. And entrepreneurs with the right mindset know how to pivot. And when COVID hit, the way it hit, the, the, the speed that it, it hit, it's required massive pivoting, massive. And long story short, the, the reason that I'm in a private equity fund now raising $100 million to buy multifamily real estate assets, primarily in the Gulf Coast of Florida, but, but nationwide if the deal is right, the reason that we did that was is because a lending company that I was affiliated with went out of business in three days, three days when COVID hit. It was a hard money lending company. And their business model was to have Wall Street buy the notes that we created for house flippers. And it was that all the takeout partners um, absolutely just had a bowel movement and said, we don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I learned that day very quickly, man, I learned, I learned something very valuable. And I learned that he or she who controls the capital is going to win this race going forward with COVID. And um, that's what took us in the direction of commercial real estate with $100 million under our control, using our skills to buy these assets. That's where I'm at, man. That's that's. Uh, I never thought I'd be saying that, but that's where I am today for sure. That's very cool, and I and I can totally see how you would have how you would have gotten there. So obviously, there's more to this story than than that. So let's back up and let's let's go back to the beginning though, and let's let's talk about where your journey really truly began. Yeah, man. Look, you know, as a, as a as a kid, right? What do you want to be when you grow up? How many times have have we heard or seen or participated as a parent? And, and a kid has got a dream, right? The, uh, children have dreams. They, they don't believe that they can't do anything. And that inert childlike behavior, unfortunately, truthfully, it gets broken down over time. You're not good enough. You're not smart enough, right? You're not handsome enough. You're too fat. You're too thin. You're too rich. You're too poor. You're too black. You're too white. You're too this, right? There's society, parents, it's all fear-based. They crush that, that beautiful essence of childhood. And, you know, I, mine, mine never got crushed to the point that it, it, it diminished and went away. Like, I always thought and believed that there was something bigger and better on the other side, or, you know, on the other side of the rainbow type concepts. But I spent many years pleasing everybody else, pleasing ex-wives, pleasing parents, pleasing family members, pleasing teachers. So I followed that path of, of traditional Look, I'm from England originally. I'm an immigrant to the United States. Don't tell anyone. But I'm, I'm an immigrant to the United States, a naturalized citizen. I carry an American passport. And I knew that there was an opportunity here bigger than there would have been back home in England where I came from. And I always, look, 
I followed the path that everybody else did. I was very good at participating in herd mentality, right? Retirement plans. They said to me, one of my friends said to me, I, I, I emigrated when I was tw- just turned 20 years old. I'm now 53. And one of my buddies in my, my late 20s, he said to me, um, Dave, you should get one of those good government jobs, man. I went, what do you mean? What, what, what good government job? He goes, a policeman, a firefighter, uh, work for the postal service. You know, one of those good jobs, man. He said, you do 25, 30 years, you get a pension, you're done, son. It's over. And I always liked the idea of teamwork. And um, at 29 years old, I was sworn as a firefighter in the city of Lynn, Massachusetts, which is just north of Boston here. And uh, I started a 16-year career as a firefighter. And I loved it. Loved it. I loved, I loved the chaos. I loved the adrenaline. I loved the, the camaraderie. I loved the, the BS. You know, you want to talk about an attitude. You have to trust your training. You have to execute. You, you can't allow, uh, you know, y- your fear factor to get in the way. You got a job to do, right? You, you go. You don't ask. You go. You trust. You execute. And um, I loved that. I really did. I loved it. But unfortunately for me, I still was carrying broke mentality from my working class background. And I was in America. It's a beautiful country. You can spend more money than you earn here. Go figure. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, weird. Go weird how that works. Huh? Isn't that crazy? You can spend more money than you earn. And, and you know, I was good with a credit card, MasterCard and Visa in the high street. And, um, you know, in my, my early 30s, with a career in firefighting, I, I got to a point where I needed to work 120 hours just to try and maintain. Firefighting, construction, retail security. It was crazy, Hans. It was really, really crazy. At 23 years old, I, I drank my last drink. I've been sober over 30 years. So as I made grown-up mistakes in my life, I couldn't even medicate. I couldn't self-medicate. I couldn't, you know, it's legal in California. It's legal in Massachusetts, but I couldn't even blow a bone. It's like, I, I can't do it. I, I've got to live every moment. And um, I don't know, man. I was losing my house. I was losing a, a second marriage. I had an eight-year-old son, and it was the closest I came to 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 drinking in, in all of those years of sobriety. And I was just screaming and shouting at my God. And as we said before we started recording, there are divine moments. There are pivotal uh, moments that, that come in. And some people listen and pay attention. And unfortunately, some people miss that, that tap on the shoulder from the big beyond, whatever you want to call it, right? And um, there was a commercial on the radio. I'm screaming and shouting at God saying, look, man, I've done it the right way. I don't lie. I don't cheat. I don't steal. I work hard. What the frig is going on, man? The American dream is an American nightmare. A commercial came on the radio, and it was for a seminar in real estate. Teach me foreclosure, a free one-and-a-half-hour seminar coming to your neck of the woods. My now wife, Mary Beth, who I met um, in the labor and delivery room of a hospital. She was a labor and delivery nurse, and I was a paramedic. We met delivering somebody else's baby. Salem, Massachusetts at Salem Hospital. And uh, she went to this class with me, and she said, what do you think? And I, I remember as clear as, as clear as a bell. I said to her, I can't keep doing what I've been doing. Because if I do, I'm going to keep getting what I've been getting. And what I've been getting has not fulfilled me. I tried it their way. It doesn't work. And I need to do something different. And she became my first private lender. <laughs> she put 20, 20 plus thousand dollars on her credit cards to pay for my real estate education. And I realized that day, and I don't know if, if any of your listeners identify this, but 
you know, for me, I, I purchased accountability for the first time in my life, right? Accountability kind of is a, is a, you know, it's kind of a dirty word, you know? You're accountable for your actions. You're also accountable for your inaction. You know what I mean? And with that extra debt hanging over our head, I was all in. I was all in. And I became probably one of the most aggressive uh, real estate investors in my marketplace. And I went at it with a vengeance. Um, they said network and I networked. I began to get on the computer and instead of watching garbage, I started learning from gentlemen like Jack Canfield, Chicken Soup for the Soul. I followed Zig, Zig Ziglar. I followed Tony Robbins. I followed, who was Tony Robbins' mentor? Um, oh, he's the guy who gave Tony to the job. Yeah, you know what uh, I'm talking about? It'll come to me. I'm getting yeah, old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's, there's these gaps in my brain today. But um, it was, um, what's his name? He used to go, you know, making money isn't hard. It's easy. Trying to make money in America, it's hard. He, he told the story of how the, the Girl Scout cookie came to his, his door. It doesn't matter. I'll figure it out. Yeah. But anyway, I, I, you know what I'm saying, right? That's yeah, yeah. it. Google it, brother. Google it. You, I'm you'll on find it. This. I'm on it. Tony Robbins' mentor. You'll, you'll find out who it was. And um, people are probably listening to this screaming at us. Jim Rohn, hello. Thank you. Thanks, brother. I appreciate you, man. I went to, um, I went to Jim's, um, uh, there was a memorial that they had when he passed in LA. And I went, uh, I went there and there were, there were literally tens of thousands of people at this event. And, and it was just, you know, Jim Rohn was up there and, and some of the other heavy hitters in mindset and deliverables. But I started to hear things that I'd never heard before in my life from financial perspective, from thought perspective. And for me, the second pivotable, pivotal moment was, and this is going to sound so corny, but it, it's reality, was the day that I read The Secret by Rhonda Byrne. And wow, I'm tired. I get a little emotional when I'm tired. I remember reading that book and I'm not an academic. I'm far from being an academic. But I began to hear things like there's a secret. There is a group of people who know things that not anybody else really understands. And they talk about Henry Ford. If you believe you can and if you believe you can't, you're right. He talked about Martin Luther King. You don't have to see the whole staircase. You just have to take the first step. And I started listening to these new essences or mindsets and, and beliefs. And then I bought my practical education for medicine as a paramedic. And I know that when we create new pathways in our brain, beliefs or actions, muscle memory as a golfer, right? The golfer has got fantastic muscle memory. They picture the shot in sports, uh, the slap shot from Bobby Orr and the Boston Bruins, right? He pictures the shot and the puck going in the net. And what that does is it creates new pathways, synapses in the brain. The human brain is an is a unbelievable you know, organ that we have yet to tap into. And I believed it. And I believed it all. And they said to me, what you think about, you bring about. Uh, they said to me that you can manifest good things in your life. And I, I did it. I did it, man. I, I, I visioned boards and, and, you know, tapping parties and all these things that, that, that I did to take me from where I was to where I am. Because where I was, was driven by, you know, broke people giving you financial advice, unhappy people giving you, you know, advice on, on marriage who'd never been married. Uh, unhappy people giving you advice on being happy. And 
you know, I started and business was easy after that. It was, look, man, I'm not a man of religion. I'm a man of faith. God is good. The right people have popped up in my life at the right time. And in, in return, I've been able, I believe, to, to influence them because then I, in turn, became, became the teacher. You know, when we landed the TV show, that opened up a, a whole different set of doors. And I found myself on a stage in, in Toronto with Tony Robbins um, in front of 16,000 people in Toronto, Canada. You know, six or eight years tell Jim for the next amount of years later, I'm, I'm you know, sharing my own, you know, mindset journey and implementation strategies. So I know I can get long-winded, but it gives you an idea of, of what it used to be like. Does that make sense? That was fantastic. You know, that was, that was kind of like the journey of it, man, from, from, you know, a civil servant to, you know, financial independence and freedom because I, I made some conscious decisions along the way to to do things differently and you know been blessed to share some of that my I'm I'm struck by by what you were saying and sort of the picture you were painting with us as far as like you know you build a lifestyle that you had to work 120 hours a week and then you it wasn't working for you and and all of that. And you had this moment of clarity around if I keep doing what I've been doing, I'm going to keep getting what I've been getting, right? How does somebody who maybe isn't in it as extreme of, a, of an experience or a situation uh, use that to their advantage? Because like, let's just say they're working, it's comfortable, it's not killing them at 120 hours a week and that's, you know, that sort of thing. Like, how can you still use that same mindset and that same thought pattern to, to really boost yourself up? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. And here's an exercise that, that I've done and continue to do. A lot of people are not capable of writing down want. I found that very powerful. Guy said to me one time, what do you want? I want more money. No, you don't. What do you want? Uh, I want more, I don't know, respect. No, you don't. What do you want? And it, this consistent challenging of what, what I really want. And at the end of the day, what I found out was, is I wasn't really good at identifying what I wanted. Because we're just not geared well to do that for some reason. So what the lesson or the, or the exercise was is to then flip it over. What do you not want? I don't want to feel unappreciated when I work in my work environment. I don't want to feel uh, uncomfortable in my own skin because I'm carrying an extra 20, 30 pounds. Um, I don't want to feel like my wife doesn't understand me when I'm telling her my, my, my needs, my wants, whatever it may be, right? And I found that my list of things that I didn't want then, and, and you would think they would just be exact opposites, but it wasn't always the case. My not wanting something some, sometimes took me to a place that I hadn't even explored yet of things that I did want to do. Um, I didn't want to be in a position where I, I didn't have control, right? I didn't like that feeling of, of somebody else being in control of my financial destiny, my, my time. I didn't like the way that felt. So from that, it created uh, a journey for financial independence. From that, it created a journey of, you know, being, and it's interesting, man, I say, you know, controlling my own time. I think I work more now independently than I did when I worked 120 hours a week. But without sounding corny again, 
You know, if you're doing something that you love, it doesn't feel like work, right? So to answer your question, you don't, that somebody said to me one time, you get off on whatever floor on the elevator you choose to. You know, for me, I'm an extreme kind of guy. I, I went all the way to the bottom to be able to come back out and come, and come up to the top. But some people can just move a couple of floors at a time. And you can really do that by identifying what do you not want in your life? And then what steps can you take to remove those things from your, from your life? And I found that to be a powerful exercise. I learned that from Jack Canfield. Yeah. That's so interesting because most, most of the sort of self-help mindset people will talk about just what you said. What do you want? What is the, what are you going after? Put it on your vision board, write it as an affirmation, whatever it is. And you're almost taking the exact opposite, which is interesting because you talk to somebody about sales or just people trying to convince someone of doing something. It's like, Fear of loss is always stronger than desire for gain. Like the negative always pushes harder and with more intensity than, than the positive does. And so you're basically applying that, that principle to, to lifestyle design. Pain, pain is one of the most powerful motivators there are, right? So, you know, I, I look at some of our investors today. So I have investors that, that I interact with with our real estate fund you know, who have tens of millions of dollars. And, you know, it sits in the stock market and they make a blended return of five, 6% or something like that. Or, you know, sometimes they don't even do that well. You know, they're sitting in their, their beautiful homes in their beautiful neighborhoods and financially they have no challenge, right? So how do you motivate somebody like that to, to want to interact and share with you? Well, you've got to find out what it is that they don't want. And when I, I question them and I come at them from a place of integrity and honesty, look, it's not for everyone. And sometimes you just take an opportunity away from them. And people with a lot of things in their life, they're driven by FOMO, fear of missing out. And you identify that and then serve them. So the point I'm getting at is this, is like understand not only in yourself, you know, what it is that drives you and motivates you from your true core not the peripheral stuff on the top, cars, boats, leather coats. That stuff comes and goes. But what is it that really drives you? And you bring that into a relationship in business, personal relationships, and that authenticity is recognized and people will then immediately respond back. So, you know, uh, uh, for an example, the, the investor that I'm, I'm picturing in my mind that, that I've been talking to recently, you know, this gentleman's sitting on $60 million dollars. But then with discussion, you find out he feels like he's being robbed by Wall Street. So that's an opportunity for me to service and help him because I can give him better rates of returns than Wall Street can. He also, he also is concerned that the next generation is set up correctly to benefit from the wealth that he's created in his lifetime. So then you start talking about longevity wealth and retirements and you know, captive insurance and 401k, solo 401ks and directed accounts. So you bring your intelligence to the table to help these people. And look, man, here's one thing I've, I've, I've tried to stay true to, and I, I don't always do it because I'm human. But I, I, I try and focus on the fact that every relationship that I go into when I leave it, they're better off than when I met them. And if I can accomplish that, and that doesn't mean they do business with me all the time. It doesn't mean that there's money moving all the time. But if I'm in a position where they, they feel better off, better served when I've left uh, than when I met them, then 
I think, uh, you know, I think we've done a good job. Does that make sense? It does. It really does. And it, it also requires a mindset of a longer term relationship as, a clo- as opposed to a short term sale. And I mean, as you know, and as the audience knows, I, I'm a real estate agent, with, you know, and real estate sales have a longer sales trajectory. But like, I was just talking to my team leader and mentor about this this morning, like, it, the the value isn't necessary. It's like definitely in commission and getting a closed deal, of course. But like the value is in those relationships and the referral business. He's like, he, he, we were talking about one client in particular that I just broke my back on for like a year. I got two deals out of it because they bought and sold, and it was they were not inexpensive homes. But like, I, we were joking, it probably made minimum wage on those because of how many hours I put in, right? But the He's like, that's going to be one of those clients, Hans, that is going to return like a gazillion times over and you're never going to be able to like thank them with thank you cards and dinners and that sort of thing because of how much they're just going to send back to you because you put in the time to really help them get what they wanted beyond just, you know, a transaction. Like you really went to bat for them and you really bettered the relationship and it's, and I'm seeing it firsthand and it's exactly what you're describing here with this gentleman who you're trying to get to invest in your fund. Yeah, yeah. I was, um, I think we were, we were talking before we started recording, there was a, a hard money lending business that I was affiliated with. And you got a picture, you know, like the boiler room, Wolf of Wall Street type mentality on these, this sales team. And the, the, the cry of this sales guy prior to me, to me getting involved with them was, you know, we, we kill what we eat. And this, this, this predator mentality in sales I don't know, man. Personally, I find it offensive, and and I kind of get the rah rah rah, and the you know the the neuro linguistic programming and and you know uh, spin selling and all of the all of those techniques. I, I get all of that, but to your point, I would much rather farm relationships, farming long term, planting a seed, watching it grow, harvest seed, grow harvest seed, grow harvest. Because if I kill something, brother, it's dead. You know, it ain't coming back to life. And um, it's service, man. Service. Tony Robbins said, how do you make a million dollars? Find a million people that you can serve for one dollar a person. So make a million bucks. And I think society-wise, we, we get to this, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a current, man. It, it kind of just flows through our society. It's always me first. And if we can get out of me first, um, you know, you first, us first, how can I help you? I mean, that was one of the hardest things for me to say when I started in, in business. Like I, I make it a point of every conversation I have, how can I help you? What can I do for you today? Because people, people want help, right? They want help. And if they can, if they can accept help on purely um, uh, an even playing field, no agenda, no, you know, nothing, nothing big picture. Just a just a helping hand. I, I did some work with um, Damon John from from Shark Tank, and I was in the green room backstage. I was teaching real estate. He was teaching business operations stuff, and you know it was it was a seminar. People could invest in education afterwards. But Damon said something to me backstage, and he said to me he'd always put himself in a position to give somebody a help up, but he wasn't necessarily interested in giving somebody a help. Um, always interested in giving somebody. Uh, a helping hand up, but just not a hand out. Does that make sense? 
like, you know, I'll, I'll work with you, right? Yeah, because the, there was a hand that came down to pull me up was the, was the imagery he was, he was um, sharing with me, right? He said, be in a position where you can help somebody up, but don't just give them a handout because then they, there's no reciprocity in it, you know? And, you know, if we can, if we can all think that way, I think, I think we'd have a, a better chance of all getting along. <laughs> you know what I mean? I really do. Yeah. And it also sort of requires you to have a bit of an abundance mindset. I mean, I, I remember when I first joined my real estate team, you know, I, I was on another team. I was cold calling. I was kind of in that boiler room mentality because I just had to. I had to get my foot in the door and get started, you know. And then I joined this team that was just rocking and rolling and, and doing it in a way that wasn't salesy. It was relationship driven. I didn't totally understand it. And I had to sort of take this leap of faith. But I um, was joined. I, I was built out in a little accountability group and one of the, and the group leader gave out these little bracelets and it's something that I think a Google or a Yahoo guy started or something, but it's like a little washer on the string and it has a word on it that you wear as a bracelet, right? And so the word that I chose was abundance. And I, and I decided that needed to be my word for the year. And that was back in 2018. I'm still wearing this thing um, because I had to realize, I had to make, make it, I had to remind myself that there's a lot of people to help out there. There's a lot of opportunities and like, you know, because you, because someone else succeeded doesn't mean you can't also and et cetera, et cetera. It just was a huge mindset shift for me. And that, that relationship basis that you're talking about is so critical for that because you, you may have given someone a bit of value today that won't yield anything business-wise, relationship-wise or anything for six months, but then they call you back or they send someone else your way and they're like, Hey, yeah, I got a raving review from so-and-so said that I, I want to put some money into real estate. I, you're the guy. And, and so here you go. And it's like, it's amazing how the world works when you really truly take that on it. And, and to be fair, not easy. It is not easy to, to, to pour in that way. No, it's not because look, here's, here's what happens is right. It's the, it's the devil and the angel. You know, I'm a human being. I'm prone to fail. And there are times when, as, as we grow in business and our education and our understanding of, you know, the legalities of real estate, the, the, you know, the, the process of moving capital, investing, you know, millions of dollars of other people's money, you can see why, you know, there's a show called American Greed. You know what I mean? Like, you can, you can absolutely be a predator with financial intelligence. But I always, I joke with my wife, Mary Beth, I say, you know, I, if I wasn't a good guy, I'd be a really good gangster. You know what I mean? Because I, I like the idea of, you know, being in charge and, and, and dominating. And, 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 you know, I like the idea of competition. You know, I was a rugby player and a soccer player. And, you know, I, I, I want to play full out all the way. But I, I figured something out is that, you know, on, on my own, I am weak. But when I am with many, I am strong. Right. I am strong. I don't I don't have I leave my pride and my ego, you know, outside the door. A guy said to me one day, he said, Dave, ego, E-G-O, stands for ease God out. Ease him out. You know, try try and be in grace, right? In abundance, to your point. And I've seen it manifest over and over again. And look, man, I've I've sowed seeds from 10 years ago that didn't bloom uh, until 10 years later. But I didn't even know I was sowing the seed back then. I didn't know. So I, I'm an absolute advocate 
an absolute advocate of, of that thought process uh, going forward, always. You just never know when it's going to come back around. Look, and there are some relationships that I've had to make amends to over the years. And I've had to own my, my part in something and say, you know, I, didn't, I, didn't, I wasn't the best I could be. And for that, I apologize. What can I do for you today to make that better? You know, and um, people don't, don't, don't seem to, uh, look, in general, they don't seem to be accountable, right? To be accountable. So I think that's, the, that's a word I would like to wear on a, on a kind of like a washer, accountable. Do you own it today, David, all of it? Because as a CEO, right, of a company, yeah, I delegate, but I still own it. You know, I'm, I'm the figurehead. So I've got to be responsible for the things that go well, as well as be responsible for the things that don't go well and not blame. You know? So I'm with you, brother. I'm absolutely with you. I'm on board. I'll sign me up. Where do I sign? I'm in. <laughs> yeah. Dave, thank you for all of this. I want to respect the rest of your day. I would, gosh, we could probably keep going all day if, if we, if we, I believe it. Well, maybe we'll bring you back on in the future for another, for round two here. And we'll, we'll, we'll go into some of that further, but um, I do want to uh, respect your time and uh, get us into the focus five, which is the same five questions I ask every guest on every show. Are you ready? I'm ready, man. Ready, willing, and able. Let's go, baby. What do you got? Let's do it. So first question is what book have you gifted most often? Secrets of Success by Jack Canfield. If you could get an hour of somebody's time, past or present, live or dead, and ask as many questions as you wanted, who would that person be and why? Winston Churchill, such an influence on our country, was down, was out, was rejected, dejected, and then took, took our nation, you know, through the Second World War, and then was, and then was rejected again. So, you know, I've, uh, I've, I've just followed uh, Winston Churchill's, uh, you know, life, and it's, it's very, very empowering. What is one thing that you believe most people would disagree with you on? <laughs> That everybody starts at 100 and loses points rather than starts at zero and gains points. Mm, interesting. Can you, can you unpack that just a touch for us? Yeah, man. I, I, I go into every relationship with an anticipation that the people on the other side of that relationship are aligned with me. And then it's theirs to unwind. And I expect people to think of me the same way. I want everybody to, to feel good about somebody else first. I don't care who you are, whether you're, you're, you're down on your luck or you're on Jeff Bezos. I find that, that that parallel thinking that we are all equal until we prove that we are not um, is, is, has served me well. Does that make sense? It does. It does. Yeah. I, I share a similar, although I wouldn't have worded it the same way, share a similar opinion. And it, and, and it, I, I will just note here, I know we're in the focus five, but you know, you can definitely be taken advantage of, or, or, or some people will say taken advantage of with that sort of mentality. But I believe in the long run, it's, it's the best way to go about life. Well, you know, what happens is, is you create an, uh, an inner sense with maturity and, and time, you know, you, you, you create synapses, memories. Hey, I remember something that kind of sounded, felt and looked like this before, and it wasn't good. And then you can, then you can, you know, adjust from there. So yeah, I'm with you. Give us a glimpse of your morning routine. How do you start your day? <laughs> That's not well lately to be, to be brutally honest with you, man. Not well. My, I'm either all in or I'm all out. And right now it's, it's kind of a crappy routine with, 
you know, unappreciative TV washing over my brain in the morning when I should be focused on, you know, some some good personal development stuff. So I'm glad you asked me that question because I'm, I'm about ready to turn the corner and flip the switch. Um, when 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 it was good, um, I would work out a little in the morning. I've never been a workout animal, but you know, half hour, forty five minutes, maybe a little sauna in the sauna at home, and then uh, to feed my mind. I've been following a guy by the name of Jay Shetty, who's a kid from London. He's got some great stuff on YouTube, just some good mindset stuff to, to get going during the day. So that's my ideal routine, failing miserably right now. So yeah, yeah full honesty for you. Well, I appreciate that. That's part of why I asked the question. But yeah, I mean, we all have our, our moments. And I mean, I'm right there with you. I'm not killing my morning routine either. So it's a good reminder to say, you know, kicking the butt, like, what are we actually trying to do here? So thanks for thanks for sharing that. And this has been a fantastic interview. Really appreciate all the value you brought. What is the best place that we can connect with you online? Yeah, man, grab me. It's um, if you just Google my name uh, because of the TV show, I've been blessed that I'll, I'll pop up and be easy to find. But if you want to get to me directly, go to uh, freedomventure.com, freedomventure.com. And actually, if you go to that website and scroll down, there's a, a free download there for an ebook, Unlocking the Code to Multifamily Investing. I just bought on Kevin Harrington, the original shark from Shark Tank onto our board of advisors. I was in Tampa the past three days doing some filming and some infomercial work with him. So Kevin's a big part of our journey now and you'll find some content that Kevin's creating for us as well. So there's education as well as uh, the opportunity to invest if you're an accredited investor. So that's at freedomventure.com. Beautiful. Well, we'll link all of that up down in the show notes. uh, So it'll be easy to find. Dave, really appreciate you being on the show. I know we didn't talk about the TV show too much, but uh, maybe next time we can, but I, I really think that what you brought today was was killer. So thank you for bringing it. Appreciate you. God bless. And that's a wrap for today. If you want to connect with Dave, go down to the show notes. Freedomventures.com is where, the, where to do that. He's got some free resources and we'll also talk to you about real estate investing uh, if you're a accredited investor. If you want to connect with me, show notes is also the place for that. Uh, you can get into my Instagram, uh, which is at Chief Sna, and uh, of course, uh, leave a rating and review for the show if you're getting value out of it. And if you're not, hit me up and let me know so I can do something else and change it up for you a little bit. Anyways, thanks in advance for listening to this, guys. I'm going to sign it off. So this is Hans Strazina, host of Another Way to Play. And remember to make every chapter better than the last.